Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. I'm excited about about this season. I love Christmas carols. I love, you know, the, the power that is in them. You know, I love that during this season, a very secular world oftentimes in the current reality that we live in is singing the most powerful words of the gospel, right? Of redemption, of the curse being reversed, of of just the good news, you know, the the herald, hark the herald angels sing, right? This this proclamation of the goodness of God and it's just being sung all over in every you know big store and all all over the radio they're proclaiming the goodness of God and I think it's why that there is a message of hope and there is a a joy that fills the earth even though there is difficulty in this season there's also a different joy because the songs being sung across the planet are of announcing the goodness of God and the, the coming king So I want to talk in this kind of final message of this series of Wonderful Life. I'm going to preach a message called Seasons, and I want to start um, in Ecclesiastes 3. This is maybe a passage you guys have heard before, quoted at, I think, weddings and funerals and a lot of different occasions, because it says, there is a time for everything. And a season for every activity under the sun or under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. Time to scatter stones and time to gather them. Time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up. Time to keep and a time to throw away, time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to to love, time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. There are seasons that we go through. There are seasons that God takes us through. And every, everything that happens is time and place. God has ordained. God has seasons in mind. And some of you right now are coming to the end of a season. We're coming to the end of this year. And may, maybe your season that you're in or that you're fighting through will end in this natural season. Maybe it won't. Maybe it's going to extend into some different time frames throughout next year. But God takes us through seasons of life. Sometimes it feels like we're on mountaintops. Sometimes it feels like we're in valleys. We go through things. We face things. But God has a season and a place for everything that we face. And God is taking you through them. God is changing seasons. God is transforming things. God is not leaving things alone. God is not just settled with a season being forever. I want to encourage you, whatever your current season is, isn't your life. A life is not just one season. One season is not the sum total of your life. God has new seasons, right? How many thankful that God brought you through some seasons in your past, right? Come on, somebody. How many felt like sometimes that season was never going to end, right? But guess what? It did. 
and here you are. And even if there's a season that you're in that may be difficult, that may feel uncertain, that may have challenges, guess what? It's a season. It's not your life. It's not the sum total of everything. I think it's important to remember that when we face challenges and when we come against difficulty, what can often happen is we feel like this will never end. But guess what? It does end. You know, when growing up in Minnesota, it kind of felt like winter would never end. Literally, there was about, I think, 8 to 12 months of snow in Minnesota, right? It was really just cold winter and colder winter and then summer. And that's kind of the seasons in Minnesota. And you're just like, will this cold ever stop? Will the snow ever melt, right? And then we lived in Seattle for a while, and it was like, will the rain ever stop? Will the clouds ever part? I knew it was bad in Seattle the first year that I lived there. And it was a year that they broke a record of most consecutive days of rain. It's more like a drizzle, like a mist. It's not like it's raining, raining. It's just like misting constantly and cloudy. And uh, and anyways, then I don't know what season it was, but it, all of a sudden I'm driving on the freeway and my eyes start hurting. And I'm like, what is going on? And then I realize it's the sun. It had been so long since I had seen sun, I was confused what was burning my eyes. I literally was like, oh my God, this is bad. This is not good that I have forgot what sunshine looked like. And uh, there are different seasons. But the key is that in every season, there is a way that God wants us to interact. And we see that in Genesis 17 verse 1 it says when Abram was 90 years old the Lord appeared to him and said I am God Almighty walk before me faithfully someone say faithfully it says walk before me faithfully and be blameless in the Amplified it says this I am God Almighty walk habitually before me with integrity knowing that you are always in my presence and be blameless and complete in obedience to me so in every season whether you like the season don't like the season, faithfulness and obedience to God is our posture that God calls us to walk in. Faithfulness. It's a, it's a common term. It can be used in a lot of different ways. It can be cheap to some. It can be expensive to others. But faithfulness is something that God calls us into. It's what God calls us to walk with him. He says, walk before me. Come on, Abram. Come on, Abraham, eventually. Walk before me faithfully. I want you to walk in obedience to me. I want you to walk in complete surrender to me. I, I want you to walk in obedience. I want you to walk faithful. You know, faithfulness can be one of those difficult things, especially in tough seasons, especially as we're walking through. Maybe as we're coming to the end of this year, there's some faithfulness that is required. There is some consistency required. There's some fighting through some things that's going to be required to finish this season and finish it strong. But the good news is in Galatians 6, I'm going to read verse 9, uh, 7 through 9 in the Amplified. This gives us some promise for that Faithfulness. It says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. He will not allow himself to be ridiculed nor treated with contempt nor allow his precepts to be scornfully set aside. 
It's interesting how the Amplified, it kind of expands that, right? He will not be mocked is just how most translations end, and it expands it. He will not allow himself to be ridiculed, nor treated with contempt, nor allow his precepts to be scornfully set aside. So that's why when you see in culture right now where people mock God and his principles, understand that God is patient and God is gracious, but he will not allow that to extend forever. He will not allow his name to be mocked. He will not allow his principles to be set aside with disdain forever. He will bring justice. He will always do it, and he will always do it with intent for repentance, right? That's always important. That's, I, I posted on that this last week uh, towards President Biden and his exaltation of evil and sin in our nation and honoring it, right? And, and, but God is not mocked. He will not allow that to, to extend forever. Um, okay, continue on in verse 8. For the one who sows, uh, actually, let's see here. Um, for whatever man sows, this and, and that only is what he will reap. Verse 8, for the one who sows to the flesh, his sinful capacity, his worldliness, his disgraceful impulses will reap from the flesh ruin and destruction. But the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. Let us not grow weary or become discouraged in doing good for at the proper time we will reap if we do not give in. And I, I love this passage back to back. Uh, you know, the, these verses is, is a call to us and how we engage seasons. Come on, don't grow weary in doing what's right. Right, be faithful in every season. Be faithful in walking out your relationship with God. You know, faithfulness is one of those premiums in the area that we live in because we just want to do things until we don't like it anymore and then we stop. You know, I was talking to somebody the other day and they go, man, what do I do when, you know, I, you know, I, I, I promised my kids something and then it's just taking longer than we anticipated and I don't want them to get discouraged. I'm like, well, just teach them that sometimes things take time <laughs> and sometimes it takes a fight and sometimes you got to wage warfare in the natural and in the spiritual and you just got to not quit. It's Okay. God was faithful to you. He's going to show himself faithful to your kids. You don't have to try to protect your kids from delayed, extended periods of having to wait for the promises of God, right? It's actually part of the journey, part of how we walk that out. And uh, if, we, if we don't quit, though, there is reward. We will see a harvest. We will reap if we don't quit. There will be promise, there will be God's goodness because that is God's ultimate plan for every single one of us. Sometimes people get it weird in, in Christianity where they just feel like, okay, um, if, if I'm a Christian, then everything should be perfect and easy and good. Some people fall into that trap, and obviously that's not a reality because we're all, most of us are believers in here, and how many have ever had a difficult day? Yeah, right? Same. How many got more difficult once you came to Christ? You know, so, sometimes the enemy came at you a little harder, right? Um, but on the other hand, it's also a trap to go like, well, you know, I'm just going to suffer my whole life and life is just going to be tough because that's what faith is. Well, no, because there actually is a reward to faith. 
there is a reward for faithfulness. That is the intent of heaven, is that while there are battles, there is a reward. There is harvest for the seeds that you sow. That's why also that verse, well, sometimes it can be you know, an intense thing. God is saying, hey, I'm not mocked. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. It's also a promise that when you plant, you will reap a harvest. Right? That's why I love what a great word by Pastor Colin around giving like a king. But we have, you know, one of the most amazing, generous pastors we have at our church are Pastor Jesse and Kat Sullivan. And they are absolutely unbelievable. And last week, uh, Pastor Kat, or, or was it Wednesday night? Was it Wednesday night you did the offering? Wednesday night she did the most beautiful, compelling call to just live a generous life. And it challenged me. I was talking to my wife that on Christmas Eve, I want to be intentional to bring an offering, uh, a, a special like birthday, you know, happy birthday, Jesus, you know, Christmas gift to God to say, I'm thankful. I, I want to go above and beyond, not, not my normal tithe, and it's not my vision builders, and I'm going to slide it in as a birthday gift. No, this is going to be something in addition to that, just to say, I love you, just to say, I'm thankful, just to be generous back towards God. But we, we teach around the reward of, of faithfulness or of tithing because it's the Bible, Right. Because that is what the truth of God's word says. When you sow, you're going to reap. Don't be freaked out like, well, that must be that prosperity, right? If everyone gets weirded out. Well, I mean, if, if you live the Bible, your life will prosper. So if you're afraid of prosperity, don't read the Bible and don't apply it. Whatever you do, do not apply this book because your life will prosper, okay? So if you're afraid of that, just avoid this at all costs. And to be honest, tune me out right now, okay? Because good things will start happening in your life if you listen to what I'm saying, okay? So be careful uh, of that. But God always allows us to be blessed so we can be a blessing to others. But the reward is on the other side of faithfulness. If you don't quit, and it's such a, a big part of that scripture, is that you're going to reap if, someone say if, there's a caveat there. If you don't quit or give in or faint, all the different translations, I want to dig into that. But if you don't, then you're going to see reward of faithfulness. And I love it when God completes a season. And I want to encourage you that to, to not quit in the middle of difficult times and, and to not get lazy in the middle of good times, but that God has you in the season where you're at for a reason. Um, my family just kind of completed a fun season of our life. And it's, you know, when we uh, came down here a little over seven years ago, we stepped out in faith to come and, and trust God and, you know, begin to travel and, and, and teach in that way. And we're going to base here at, at, uh, at uh, Awaken Church with Pastor Jurgen and Leanne. And when we, many of you guys have heard the story, but when we made the move, it was exciting. All these prophetic confirmations, God's in it, God's faithful. We knew we were supposed to come down here. But then like a lot of times, God calls you and then you begin to walk out in faith. You know, you begin to test that word. And so as we first got down here, it was very exciting. And then what happened was, you know, my strategy for how I was gonna make money was not panning out in the way that I anticipated right? Anyone ever, ever ever have a plan that doesn't go as planned, right? All right, so everybody in here, the rest of you are lying, or you've never made a plan, right? 
which is a different issue. Okay? So I encourage you to make plans. Okay? Uh, but as the plan was not planning, as it should have, or unfolding as it should have, we began to just be at, at uh, trying to figure it out. Like, fridges get empty. I've shared the story. And as we were in kind of some of those moments of fighting for faith and trying to stay in the season that we knew God had called us to do and be faithful with what God had given us, we had gotten down to kind of some, some scary moments of going, is this going to work? Are we going to stay in San Diego? Are we going to have to go back to the frozen, chosen Midwest and, and live with family and try to, you know, survive through, you know, uh, this situation? But God was continuing to be faithful to see us through it as we stayed in faith and we would pray and we hang on to God's word. And one particular night when it was, you know, scariest in that moment, we just said, come on, I know if God fed the, you know, Elijah, the prophet in the wilderness by sending birds with food in their mouth, I was like, man, God can bring food to our doorstep, and we just began to pray and, and prophesy, and then the next morning, uh, as I was heading out to work, then I, I think they had the photo of it, uh, this stack of groceries is outside my front door, right? Some of you guys have seen this photo. But this was hundreds of dollars of God's provision. We hadn't told anybody. Nobody knew. God had just prompted somebody. And the next morning after, we were holding on and saying, come on, God. I know you didn't call us down here to, to abandon us. I know, God, that you have something for us. I know, God, that you're with us. I know, God, that you, you know, th this we're on assignment. You know, I don't know what the heck is happening, but I know I'm supposed to be here, right? And God does this. And I, I remember for a while uh, having that as my screensaver for a while because I just imagine, you know, like in the Old Testament, they'd, they'd build pillars of stones and rocks and altars so that every time they walked by, they could say, hey, son, let me tell you about this pile of rocks. Let me tell you what's going on. And so I kind of got my own little pillar altar here, you know what I mean, uh, that, I, that I took a photo of and I had on my phone for a while. And then eventually God said, take that off your phone. I was like, okay. He goes, I got better miracles than that, okay? So like, you know, I need you to... But God, God did something miraculous there. And in that season, one of the things I had to do is you're hustling and making things happen and providing for the family. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to have to add some additional strategy to my income. So I started Uber driving. And at the time, I had a Nissan Murano, which I loved. Uh, but I was spending about the same amount in gas money as I was making as an Uber driver. So it wasn't panning out, right? So I ended up at that point, you know, trading that in, uh, getting a, a Prius at the time, the official official car of the Uber drivers, and uh, and uh, okay, well, this is my goodbye picture, which I'll tell you in a little bit. But uh, there she is. She took care of us for seven years. This Prius, and uh, she was a faithful ride, literally until the day I decided to buy a new car. It, then it started breaking down. Literally, God uh, in his great provision. But we, we cruised in this, and I Uber drive. And what God, what God actually did, even though I wasn't pumped about being an Uber driver, God stirred my heart for lost people again in a fresh way. Because how many know Uber drivers are now like mobile bartenders, you know, the bartender of the, of the current century? Because as soon as they get in your car, you can tell if they want to talk or they got something they're going through. Because they usually do something like this. <sighs> 
when they sit down, and then I'm like, all right, what's up, you know? What's going on? And then I would just start pastoring. But usually, almost every conversation, hey, I'm actually a pastor. How can I pray with you? Let me walk you through that. Let me talk to you about your boyfriend. Hey, I know you got problems in your marriage, you know. I invited more people to church as an Uber driver than I think I did as a pastor the decade before that. So I love it. It's, it's a great outreach opportunity. I actually thought, like, if you're going to plant a church, get a dog and be an Uber driver, right? Everyone talks to you if you have a dog, and then everyone just gets in the vehicle all around your city and invite them to your church. So it's just, just a little strategy, just a little idea. And actually, it was so, one of the funniest things I, I ex, ex, well, there was a lot of really wild experiences as an Uber driver, but <laughs> one, of the, one of the funny things was when I would decide to get wild and drive on Friday nights down on Fifth Ave, and uh, that would be fun and exciting, and, uh, but the funniest thing to me, because I, I, by God's grace, I'm thankful, I didn't grow up in, you know, going to clubs, I didn't grow up in that scene, I didn't grow up in that atmosphere, but almost everybody I would take to the club would be like, I don't want to go, I hate this, uh, but my friends are there, I guess I got to go. Then when I pick everybody up from the club, they're like, oh God, I hate that. I'm like, y'all should just talk, because nobody wants to do this. There's like the one friend who's really amped to go. Nobody else wants to go to it, okay? I was like, y'all need Jesus, not whatever was at the club, okay? But that, that was a season, and, and thankfully God blessed us and, and prospered us, and the Following Jesus book came out, and other books came out, and God really, really breathed on that, and we were able to move beyond the Uber driving season. But we still had a Prius. I mean, you know, we drive a lot, and uh, like a lot. Uh, I traded that thing in with 170,000 miles on it. Lord, just coasted into the dealership and <laughs> threw him the keys, and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, honestly, <laughs> this is more of a therapy session for me, I think. I think that's what's happening right now, just so you guys know. <laughs> I think that's what's happening. And, uh, and uh, so we, we kept driving, and then we, got a, we upgraded our other vehicle, but we still had it. And, and uh, it, it's one of those great cars, but also a car that people love to make fun of, and uh, although it'd be so funny, because for years we were together, and Dr. Matt and I would, he would always razz me about it, and and then I'd get, like, secret Prius owners talking to me after services. This was the funniest thing. After Dr. Matt would mess with me about it, then I'd get secret Prius owners going, hey, I want a Prius, too. <laughs> like, out in the lobby and stuff, I'm like, wow, well, you couldn't have spoke up in service while I was getting beat up? Real mature. I know several other guys, like other dudes, like emerged captains that would drive Priuses, never said anything, kept it real quiet. You know what I mean? They only got rid of them because they got in actual accidents where they had to get rid of their vehicle. But I don't know if they were just running them into walls. But anyways, so literally one time, this was my favorite thing. One time this lady comes up to me after, hey, let's get all of our Priuses and block in Dr. Matt's truck. <laughs> They, I was like, that's a little premeditated, okay? You need to calm down. But also, he will drive over our cars. So this will not end well for us. This will not end well. And, 
you know, it, it's, it's, it's been a great car. It served, it served me well. But, you know, last week for my birthday, some amazingly generous people in this room and in the next service got together and said, hey, what if we just bless Samuel in just an exceptional way? And they even had a birthday cake with a Prius that said RIP on it. Thank you, Paul Smith, for that. And, uh, and you know, there is a generous gift, and, and I so appreciate it. It was very over-the-top, unexpected. I got that cake. Uh, I got a gift that inspired us. Uh, inspired, I was like, okay, it's the, the Prius is gone this week, okay? So, so I went out car shopping, but they also gave me bumper stickers, which because a couple weeks ago I preached about how my dad has I love Jesus and I love my wife, so I got some I love Jesus uh, bumper stickers that was given. You know, obviously, I heard America as well. Um, also, I talked about how I love, um, uh, you know, I love my wife as what my dad had, so someone made me I love my wife, Katie, right? So someone made me some great, these are, these are going to go great on the new ride. This is going to be so good. I heart, here we go. There we go. This, this was, this was Nisi or Mallory? Nisi Luan, uh, this is her work. And uh, Zach was like, I'm going to add a little graphic design to it so that he did that. This was like in church. She didn't pay attention. She actually made this bumper sticker during service. And uh, here's some other designs. You know what I mean? So these are great. I also got a Biden Fetterman sticker, too. So that's... Says it's a no-brainer. I don't know what that means, but there's a mole among us. I also got a cool Prius uh, sticker that says "said nobody." Uh, but so, anyways, if uh, if anyone who owns a Prius wants to secretly come grab this from me later, you can. Um, I. I was thankful for it, and, and honestly, at the end of the day, I, I have no pride or, or, or personal value attached to whatever vehicle I have, whether it's barely hanging on, whether it's you know, the sickest ride ever. My identity is not my vehicle, but this week when we um, so got rid of, kicked that thing to the curb, honestly, it, made, it was the perfect car. I mean, Toyotas like, literally drive a million years, right? And literally was making no noise. And all of a sudden, the day we're going to trade it in, it starts making this clunking noise as it's starting. I'm like, oh, my God, somebody get rid of this thing quickly, okay? And actually, if you're here and you ask me if I would sell it to you, a couple people did secretly. I didn't sell it to you because I'm not because I'm me- not selling to you because I mean I realize I don't want to give you this vehicle. Okay, it was too many miles and too many Uber rides. Okay, so you didn't want that. But um, then we traded in and and uh, got a, a a great vehicle. We upgraded from 50 miles to the gallon to I think about 20 miles to the gallon now, and so we got a really great VW Atlas, which which I love, a six seater, and. Uh, it, thank you, every single one of you guys who, who gave and were generous for that. You guys were just didn't have to, and it was next level. Um, but the, the thing I actually told the guys at Men's Prayer, the thing that is the, the, the special part of this season to me was more about what it felt like of closing an era because when we obediently left Seattle 
left all the security, left all of the, the, the stability of that season, made the move, came down here, began to serve, doing what God had called us to do, then feeling like, man, what is going on? And feeling like I got to have plan B and C and Uber drive and get the Prius and the whole thing. So to me, uh, I, I don't know what to call it, but getting rid of the Prius and, and getting something new is just a beautiful reminder of the faithfulness of God and the goodness of God to see us through every season and walk in blessing and the favor of God. So I'm thankful for that. Oh, thank you. So it's, it's, really, it's really fun when you, when you walk through that and then get to see God's, God's grace and God's goodness. And so... I want to just remind you guys that God rewards faithfulness. That if you don't quit, right? Because there was a lot of, I felt like quitting moments, and I think you've been there too, and I just want to encourage you, stay in it, right? Stay faithful. Don't quit. As I was thinking about this, I glanced through Genesis 5.22, which is just funny to me when it talks about different, how they lived so much longer in the beginning before the flood and before God was like, eh, we're going to shorten their lifespan. But it said, after uh, he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked faithful with God for 300 years. I saw like, man, some people like struggle for three months, 300 years of faithfulness to God. All you and me got to do is have a strong 100 at most. You know what I mean? We can do it. Enoch had 300. We can at least get to 100 years of faithfulness if we don't quit. So let me talk in the, in the last moments here before the, before the uh, Grammy music comes up here in just a few moments. Uh, I want to talk about how do we remain faithful, right? How do we keep faithful through every season? The first is that we, we don't want to get depleted so that we faint, you know, there's different ways that, that, you know, if you don't quit or faint or lose heart um, or give in, there's different ways that, you know, the translation of that term. So I basically want to hit that idea from a few different angles. And the first one, a lot of times it's translated if you don't faint. And I was just thinking about that. If we get depleted, we faint. Why do you faint? Uh, Liz was just talking to us about her. How many miles was that that you ran this marathon recently? 50-mile marathon, everybody. My goodness. 12, 12 and a half hours of running, and uh, that is unbelievable. And she didn't faint. She didn't faint. Uh, and, you know, when, when we get depleted is when we faint, is when we lose heart, is when we, uh, we get in that stage. And how do we stay filled up? Because God has this season not to end you, not to break you, not to mess with you, but it's ultimately for your good, but you can't faint. You can't, you can't allow the pressure of the moment to, to take you out. But how do you withstand pressure? It's gotta be a stronger pressure coming from the inside out than it is coming from the outside in. But that is not by just your grit and determination to see through a difficult season. That comes as an overflow of a relationship with Jesus, right? 
So when Mary and Martha and that whole scene where Jesus and the disciples have had a long day of ministry and they're having dinner at their house and Martha's busy and distracted and Mary's with Jesus and Martha freaks out and then Jesus says, hey, you're worried and upset about many things, Martha, but Mary has chosen what is better, right? She, she knew how to keep herself in that place where she was going to get refilled and where she was going to get renewed. And in our lives, we have to make sure if we're going to stay faithful over these hundred years that we have in our life, we're going to have to stay refueled. We're going to have to stay in his presence. We need to stay in his word. If you haven't already bought the one-year Bible for 2023, uh, make sure you grab that or get ready to read with us together because getting in God's word every day is how you stay fueled up, is how you stay fresh, how you stay replenished, how you stay renewed. Being in worship is how we stay renewed, right? I, I wanna not faint in the day of adversity. Actually, the Bible's pretty intense. It says if you faint in the day of adversity, there wasn't much to you in the first place. Ugh, that's a little mean, okay? That's a little mean. But the truth is that I, I got to keep putting deposits of strength in me so that in adverse times, I'm strong, right? If you're waiting till battle to do a workout or you're waiting till battle to start like getting yourself ready for battle, it's already too late. Because you're not ready to take on the enemy. You're not ready to go the distance, to go the rounds in the octagon. If you, if you haven't been preparing, right, until that day. Um, Liz is much smarter than me when it comes to marathons and things of that nature. She prepared well, and so she was ready for her moment. Uh, I did an Ironman 100-mile bike ride when I was like 17. I prepared literally three miles, one time I rode my bike to work. That's it. That's all I did. And uh, that was my training. And uh, the only reason I made it 100 miles is because I was 17. And I just had enough pride where I was like, I can't stop. I, I think it was dark by the time I finished, but I was like, I can't stop. And there were Snickers bars every uh, certain amount of miles or whatever it was. I also had a 10-speed bike that five speeds were broken. It was, I had no business entering this Ironman 100-mile bike ride. It was a bad idea, Okay. Don't be like me, okay, in that setting. Come on. Don't get depleted so that you faint. Stay in. Stay fueled up. Uh, here, here's another one. A lot of not, the Amplified says, you know, you'll, you'll reap a harvest if you don't give in, right? So don't give in to the lies. The enemy is going to keep trying to spit lies at you, is going to keep trying to get you to doubt God's goodness, is going to keep trying to get you to go, man, why did you even start this adventure in the first place? Why did you start that business? Why did you start that family? Why did you, you know, go after that ministry? Why did you, you know, all the things that God has put in your heart to do, there's always going to be the lies that try to come at you to get you to doubt why you did that in the first place and to get you thinking you should shouldn't have and to get you uh, questioning and get you to back up and to get you to quit. But we got to keep our, our eyes on the word of God. 
I've got to maintain my attention on God's word so that I don't give in to the lies that the culture is going to try to send me or that my own fears are going to try to send me. I, I don't have it for the team, but it's Psalm 119, 37 this morning. I was reading that and it said, uh, preserve my life according to your word. I love that. Your life will be preserved according to God's word. If you hang on to it, not according to your thoughts or the culture's words, but according to God's word, your life is going to be preserved and maintained. Amen. And then the uh, last one here, uh, don't give up before victory. Don't give up before the victory. How do we stay faithful? We got to just don't give up. Keep going. Don't, don't give up prematurely. Don't give up before the finish line. Don't stop too soon. So, so much of, of loss in life is just because people stopped. Just that's it. Not because they weren't good enough, not because they weren't smart enough, not because they didn't have what it took, but because they just didn't see it through. And we got to keep fighting and be faithful all the way to the end. Revelations talks about many times, come on, those who endure to the end, right? Those who go all the way in this thing, not, not just part way, not just starting, but how we finish things. As we come to the end of 2020, to come off, finish in faithfulness. Think about what is faithfulness is, obedience beyond convenience. Obedience that goes all the way to victory. It's just so easy uh, to give up before the finish line. And the enemy is going to do everything he can to get you to stop, get you to give up on your marriage, get you to give up on that business, get you to give up on your kids, get you to give up on God's word and his promises to you. Going to try to get you to give up. And so oftentimes, people are right in that breakthrough space, right in that victory space of a season. And there's a lot of battles we fight over time, right? It's not just one long season of life. There's so many of these things. But stay faithful. Finish what God has given you. Complete the work that God put in front of you. Fight until victory comes. Watch the faithfulness. I love Gio and Kirsten's story, and they're going to continue to be able to share their story of the faithfulness of God and their determination in business and in life to keep fighting through what seemed like uh, difficult odds to see their business thrive and and uh, and then this just yesterday they did something over the top they bought an insane amount of gifts for kids in the community and they every single kid and family that came to their store all day yesterday they gave them gifts and handed out presents and uh, it was exceptional and I can't wait to hear more about that so well done to you guys blessed to be a blessing. Faithfulness is obedience beyond convenience. You know, one of the common things when you say like, well, someone quit or I don't want to do it anymore. Like, okay, why? I, I, I didn't want to. Okay. Is there, is there a better reason? I, I, I hope there's a better reason than I didn't want to, or I didn't feel like it, or it was hard, or it wasn't fun, or I was bored. None of these are legitimate reasons to stop something. But they're most of the time the reasons why people stop things. I didn't like it. Lost interest. Um, it was hard. It was difficult. It wasn't easy. Okay, I, I'm, I'm having a hard time understanding why those are actual reasons to stop being faithful to what God has called you to do.
right? And we live in a culture right now that loves to quit on things if it's beyond convenience. But there's no breakthrough in that. There's no reward in that. There's no harvest in that. The harvest comes if you don't quit. If you don't stop, if you stay faithful through every season, faithful through the high times and the low times, the good times and the bad times. Come on, we need to remain faithful forever. Come on, faithful to the very end, to my last breath. And the good news is faithful, to, I'm not necessarily saying perfect, because that's a little discouraging for all of us to try to be perfect to the last breath. But faithful to the last breath is different. Faithful keeps getting up. Faithful keeps at it when it's, when we're discouraged. Faithful gets back up after we quit a hundred times or we keep getting back up. I would say I'll give you about five minutes to quit whatever it is that you feel like you don't like doing. Cry a little bit if you want, throw a little temper tantrum if you need to, and then get back on it. Get back after it. Right? You can have just a momentary little freak out, and then let's get back after it, okay? We're not going to let you stay in that place forever because God's got too much for you to do to quit before the finish line. Stay faithful. Stay encouraged. Stay in what God has for you. And there's going to be reward on the other side of that. Amen? Amen. Why don't you stand on your feet? Give God a hand clap of praise if you receive something, some encouragement. Why don't everybody just kind of close your eyes, lift up your hands, kind of in this receiving mode. I want to pray for everybody here, but I want to just ask quickly, if there's anyone in the room uh, who today you know you're away from God, you're not in relationship with Jesus, you know he hasn't saved you and, and, and brought you close. This is the good news we were talking about earlier. Your good deeds don't get you saved. Your good efforts don't get you saved. It is only by putting your faith in Jesus and what he did on the cross. That's where salvation comes. Nothing else can save you. And it doesn't matter if you feel like you're a good person or you feel like you're the worst sinner in this room. Every single one of us, God loves us and extends the gift of grace and salvation to us. So this morning, if, if, if you're saying that to me, I'm going to pray for everybody in a second, but specifically, if you feel like, man, this is where I'm at today. Today's the season. This is my moment. I need to get my life right with God. I want to surrender to him. I need to follow Jesus. We just lift up your hand extra high. Let me know who I'm praying with. I want to pray with you. Good. Anybody else who say that's me? You know, you need to get your life right with God. Good. Good. Bunch in the room. After the service, Kirsten and some other team, we got some gifts you want to get in your hands, a Bible book called Following Jesus that I wrote. I referenced that earlier, and this will just encourage you in how to understand the Bible. I would say the Bible is the real Following Jesus book, just so you guys know. This, mine is a little on-ramp to the freeway of God's Word, right? So that you understand how to read it and how to get the most out of it. If you gave your life to Christ or you're new in your faith and you're trying to build this, make sure you come talk to our team. Make sure you come grab a Bible. We want to get these into your hands. Amen. But then the rest of you in this room, if you just feel like, man, I need courage to not quit. 
Maybe there's a season you're in right now and you're fighting through it and you're saying, come on, pray with me. I need a fresh injection of hope and the courage to stay faithful and to continue whatever it is. Just go and lift up your hands. Wave at me if that's you. Come on, fresh strength today, God. God, fresh renewed hope today, I pray. Fresh renewed authority today. Fresh renewed peace today. Come on, God, I thank you for anyone who's on on the edge and is feeling, man, should I quit this? I, I don't know, and I'm overwhelmed, and I'm discouraged. God, I thank you for hope today. I thank you, God, for peace today. Man, anyone who's even mentally and emotionally in the state of anxiety or depression or maybe even had thoughts of suicide, God, I come against that right now in Jesus' name. God, let hope flood their hearts. Let hope flood their minds. God, I thank you for everything that you put in our hands to do, every word that you've spoken to us. God, we hold on to that. We We know that you preserve our life by your word. So today, God, we... We lean into your word this morning. We lean into your faithfulness this morning, God. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy this morning. Father, I thank you for Rhett right now, in Jesus' name. I thank you, God, for your hand that's on his life. I thank you, God, for your mercy that's on him. I pray, God, for your blessing. I just see God doing just something really exceptional in this season. Um, You know, God created a lot of conversations between you and him that are fresh and new. Maybe you've said, man, I want to hear from God. I want to spend time with God. I want to know him at another level. And it's like literally I can see God in you just sitting down for coffee, connecting, talking, building. And this is going to be a season of another level of God speaking to you, you having clarity, the word of God coming alive to you, you teaching others. God, I thank you for your anointing. I thank you for your hand. I thank you for your blessing and your strength that's going to go before him in this year. God, I thank you for five incredible relationships, great friends that are surrounding him, that are lifting up his hands, that are, are, are doing life together in a way that's unique and transformative in this next season. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.